For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love Amen. Open your Bibles up with me at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 4 is where we're going to be looking at today. As we've been going through the book of Corinthians, and as you know, Paul wrote Corinthians to the church at Corinth, and he was writing to answer some questions. He was writing to straighten some things out within the church. He was writing to straighten out things in people's lives. He was dealing with problems and answering questions. But those same answers, those same biblical principles apply to us today. Amen. And our local church today, the local church is what God has chosen to use. God's heart is in the local church. Amen. And so as we're looking through the the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 4, the Bible says, for we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. The Bible says, and Paul says here, for we that are in this tabernacle, a tabernacle is a tent. And a tent is not meant to be permanently dwelled in. A tent is a temporary dwelling place. You know when you use a tent is when you are traveling, when you are passing through somewhere. And see, Paul is referring to our body, our physical body, as a tent, as we are just passing through this world. This world is not my home, amen? Just like Paul said, this world is not my home. I'm passing through. I'm going to glory. I'm going to be with the Lord Jesus Christ, and I want everyone I can to take with me. I want everyone to go with me. Not everyone will be saved, but I want everyone to be saved, and so does God, amen? So Paul says here that, are in this tabernacle do grown being burdened. Even if you never have any problems in life, your body gets old, it aches, it hurts, it wears out, it gets sick, it gets disease, it gets problems, there's cancer, there's all kinds of things. Not to mention if you get an auto accident or hurt at work or whatever the case may be. Maybe you have an autoimmune disease. And the Paul saying here, we do groan. In other words, you groan when what? When something is strenuous, when something's hurtful, when something's painful, when something's hard. You groan. And Paul says, being burdened. If you live in this tabernacle, you live in this flesh, you are carrying a burden. Just walking through uh, this life is a burden. Amen. So thank God for the Lord Jesus Christ and the mercy that he has shown us and wants to give us. Being burdened. I tell you what, just growing up being an adult can be a burden 
if you got a good home and 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 you grow you got good parents amen you you know you had more freedom at, at that time when you were growing than, than you'd ever have in your whole life because once you grow up and you become an adult all you have all kinds of responsibilities all kinds of bills all kinds of things to worry about amen all kinds of burdens and those are light burdens compared to the rest of the burdens but Paul says here, we groan and we are burdened. It's hurtful. It's a lot of sorrow. It's a lot of pain. It's a lot of hurt and a lot of suffering. And he goes on to say, not that we would be unclothed. What does he mean by unclothed? Not to mean I want to die. Not to mean I long for death. Not to mean I want to go to the grave. No, he said, I'm not looking for that. I'm not looking to die. My body doesn't want to die. I have the will to live. God put that in you. That is a good thing. The will to live is a driving force in a person's life and paul is saying it's not that i wish to die it's not that i wish to be buried not, not that i wish to go into the grave i don't wish to be unclothed and by unclothed he means the bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the lord so if i die my body will get buried in the ground but my spirit my soul will go on to live with the lord jesus christ until jesus comes back and then a person's body will come out of the ground and meet him in the air amen and they will get that glorified body the bible says that the dead in christ shall rise first and then we that are with them that are among them that are still here on earth that are saved will be caught up with them in the air is what the bible says so that's when he says talk about being unclothed that's what he's talking about when you when you die and your body goes in the ground but your soul goes to be with the lord that's what he means unclothed in other words my soul is with the lord but my soul is not in a body it's it's unclothed amen that's what he's talking about but then he goes on to say but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. He says, I do, I do wish, and not that I wish for death, but boy, do I wish to be with the Lord. Boy, do I wish for that glorified body. Boy, do I wish to be in a place where there's no more hurt, no more pain, no more sorrowing, no more suffering, no more burdens, no more groanings. I long for that place, he said. And I too, I don't long for death, but I long to be with the Lord, amen? And someday I will be. There's no question about it because I know that I know that I know, like the old preacher said, that I have been born again. God has changed my life. And Paul says, but clothed upon. He said, I wish for that. I, I wish for the glorified body. I wish to be with the Lord forever. I wish not to groan anymore. I wish not to be in this hurtful tabernacle, this hurtful tent anymore i i want to be with the lord so that mortality a mortal we are mortal beings you will die but paul says might be swallowed up of life what kind of life eternal life eternal life through jesus christ our lord the bible says and that's the life he is talking about here that mortality that death itself might be swallowed up of life eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. And I tell you, if you're not saved, there's no hope for you unless you do get saved. Jesus is your hope. Jesus is the light. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father but by me. There is no other way. Not that you said a little prayer. Not that you repeated something. But no, I'm talking about deep down inside the Holy Spirit convicted you. You knew you were a sinner and you were going to die and you were going to bust hell wide open and you needed a Savior. And the Lord Jesus Christ is that Savior. That He died on the cross. He was buried and He rose again in the third day. Death, hell, and the grave couldn't hold Him. He defeated Him and He came up out of that 
that grave, the Bible says that he spent three days and three nights in the, in the belly of the earth, in the heart of the earth. And when he had the rose, he had the keys to death, hell, and the grave. He had defeated it. He has power of it. And that's why you can put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That, like Paul says here, that mortality might be swallowed up of life, that eternal life. There will be no more death. No more hurt, no more suffering. The Bible even says in Revelations that every tear will be wiped away. There'll be no more sadness. Amen. Those hurtful memories that you have, I have no idea how, but somehow God's going to wipe that from our memory. But we will remember who our family members were. I do believe we'll still remember like when my son got saved. I do believe I'll remember my wife, my wife got saved. I believe I remember all those things. I'll know my parents. I'll know my family members that are saved. The Bible says so that we'll know each other. But the hurtful things, the painful things, God said, I'm going to wipe away every tear. And I look forward to that day, don't you? When there's no more hurt, no more pain, no more suffering, no more sorrow, no more burdens to bear. But this mortal body might be swallowed up with eternal life that we can forever be with the Lord. And as great as heaven sounds, as great as heaven sounds, and a lot of people talk about those pearly gates, and they'll be there. And so will the, the streets of gold and, and the walls of jasper and the sea of crystal. They'll all be there. There'll be mansions and many glory. But I can tell you now, that's not going to be the great thing about heaven. The great thing about heaven is going to be in, being in the presence of a thrice Holy God, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. That's going to be the great glory in heaven as he sits on the throne and the river of life flows from the throne of God, the Bible says, that will be the true glory. And I look forward to that day. Just like Paul say in this verse, I look forward to that day. I don't look forward to death, but I look forward to that day when I can forever be with the Lord. Look with me now in, in verse number five, 2 Corinthians chapter five and verse number five. Now he that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. You know, God has uh, prepared for us a very purpose, and that is to be saved. Jesus and God are the same. And they want each and every person to be saved. And he says so in his word. Second Peter chapter 3, verse number 9. You read that and you realize that God wants everyone to be saved. The Bible says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. All meaning all. Red, yellow, black, and white. They are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Now, little children could be a 99-year-old or could be a 2-year-old. But the Bible says that Jesus loves the little children. Where you came from, your last name, your background, your address, your skin color, your bank account number. None of that matters to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord wants each and every person to be saved. And he says now here in verse number 5, Now he that hath wrought us for the self same thing is God. God has prepared a way, and that way is to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says there is no other way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
No man come to the Father but by me. There is no other way. And let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, you can't just get saved anytime you want. The Bible tells you that in John chapter 6 and verse number 44. The Bible tells you without the drawing and the wooing of the Holy Spirit and the conviction that the Holy Spirit brings convicting you of your sins and drawing you to God. You cannot get saved just anytime you feel like it. God has got to be working in your heart. God has got to be calling you and you have got to answer that call. That's what the Bible says in John chapter 6 and verse number 44. Read it for yourself. See it for yourself and ask God to show it to you. The Bible says, No man come unto me except the Father which has sent me. Draw him, and I will raise him up in the last day. And that's what he's talking about here in this verse. Raised up in the last day. The resurrection, amen, when the Lord Jesus Christ comes back. But notice what that verse says. No man come unto me except the Father which sent me. Draw him. So when God's calling you, it is so important to answer that call. Don't put it off. Don't reject it. Don't do like, I admit, I did. I held on to the back of your pew when God was calling me and I had conviction in my heart. I felt so uncomfortable. And that's how you'll know. God will talk to you. He'll speak to you and you'll feel so uncomfortable because you'll see what you truly are before a thrice holy God and that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. God will show you and it'll make you uncomfortable. The Bible says that, that the men don't like the light. That we, mankind, human, sinful people, don't like the light. And what Jesus does is shine a light on a person's dark heart and show them what they really are. Because we want to think, well, I'm pretty good. I'm a pretty good person. But the Bible says there's none good. No, not one. You can never be good enough. Never be good enough. And here's a side statement. That does not even work in our courtroom today. So how would you expect it to work in the courtroom in heaven? If you get convicted of a crime and you go before a judge and let's say you robbed a bank, you only got $100. But you said, judge, now last year I gave $100,000 to this uh, organization that fed children and home, that housed homeless people. I only stole $100 from the bank, but I gave $100,000 last year to this organization. Is that going to hold any weight in the judge's eyes? No, that's not going to stop you from being sentenced. And I can tell you, when you stand before God, it doesn't matter how much good that you have done. The Bible says that if you've ever lied, cheated, stolen, read the Ten Commandments. It'll tell you. And if you're honest with yourself, you've broken most of them, if not all of them. And you say, but I'm not a murderer. But the Bible says that even if you've hated someone in your heart that you've murdered them already if you've looked with lust it's like you've committed adultery already see god looks at the heart yeah he does care about what you do on the outside but it's what the heart that's what matters to him because if it's in the heart sooner or later you'll do it sooner or later it'll come out of your mouth out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks the bible says so sooner or later it'll come out but god sees the heart now this verse number five says now he that hath wrought us for the self-same thing is god who also have given unto us the earnest of the spirit the spirit of god himself is a guarantee that what god has already given us that he will complete that work the bible says that you are sealed unto the day of the redemption the, the moment that you are saved a piece of the holy spirit a piece of god himself moves inside of you and that same power that rose jesus from the grave now resides within you that earnest of the spirit the holy spirit the spirit of god what a way to seal a promise but that's what he does the bible says you are sealed 
with what seal? A seal, a piece of the Holy Spirit resides within you. And that same resurrection power that rose Jesus from the grave now lives within you. Isn't that an amazing thing? That is awesome. How amazing our God truly is. Look with me now in verse number 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 6. Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. Paul says here, I'm confident and I know that as long as I'm in this body, I'm absent from the Lord. Now, does that mean God's not with you? Yeah, he's still with you, but you can't see him with your eyes. You're not physically in his presence. Whereas one day you will be. That's what he says. Whilst we are at home in the body. In other words, my soul is still in my body. I am not yet with the Lord and in his presence. That's why the last part of that verse says, we are absent from the Lord. And here he says in verse number seven, for we walk by faith, not by sight. And that's what he was saying in that last verse. I can't, may not see God with my eyes, but I can see all of his work. I can see all of his power. I can see all of his holiness. I can see all of his majesty. Amen. That's what he's talking about. For we walk by faith, not by sight. If you could see it with your eyes, you wouldn't need any faith, would you? No, but that's what God wants. Without faith, the Bible says, it is impossible to please him. For we walk by faith, not by sight. And God wants you. The Bible says if you have faith but the size of a mustard seed, you could move mountains. And I've had the discussion many times, is that talking about physically or talking about spiritually? And I believe it's talking about all the above. The Bible says that if you have faith, the size of a mustard seed, you could move mountains. Maybe a mountain of a problem. Maybe a mountain of a burden. Maybe a literal mountain. Maybe the mountain of a family member that's been weighing on you, you want to be saved. Now, let me just tell you, God can reach around the planet to touch somebody's heart. Maybe you can't get to them, but God can. I don't care if they're 150 feet in a bunker below the earth. On the other side of the earth, God can get to them. God can speak to their heart. Thank God for prayer. One of the greatest and most neglected things a Christian has is prayer. Your time in prayer is your walk with God. Yes, reading your Bible, you get to know God. But when you're praying, you're walking and talking with God. And He wants that from you. He wants that closeness and that oneness from you. Won't you shut everything off? The TV, the phone, the internet, and everything else that you got, even the lights, and just get alone with God. And just let it be quiet. Let it be silent for a while. Just say, God, here I am. Speak to me, Lord. I want to hear from you. Shut everything else off because usually God's that still, small voice talking to you. That's how I know when it's God, when I continually hear that still, small voice, and it tells me the same thing, and I hear it over and over and over, not audibly, but in my heart, and I know that's God talking to me. That's God speaking to me. When it's this loud, you got to do that kind of thing, that's usually me. That's usually me talking to myself. But that still, small voice is a constant, doesn't change. And I know that's God. Amen. And He wants you, He's telling you things. He wants you to walk by faith not by sight not by what you can see but by, when you walk by this right here that's when you're walking by faith when i believe god and i step out in faith and, and i believe god you said you'd never leave me you'd never forsake me and that you supply the needs lord god that you would do it for your work amen
As one smart preacher told me, he said, listen, when something's from God, there's three things that'll happen. Three things, and I have found that to be true my whole Christian life. Three things will happen. First, God will initiate it. God will initiate it. God will kick it off. God will start it. God will initiate it to be the first thing. The second thing, God will initiate it is the first one. The second thing is God will sustain it. God will send the means. God will send the funds. God will send the people. God will send whatever it is to sustain whatever he's called you to do. God will sustain it. And here's the third thing and the most important thing. God will get the glory out of it. It's all about God. It's not about you. It's not about some ministry name, some ministry logo. It's all about the Lord Jesus Christ. So that three things will happen. God will initiate it, God will sustain it, and God will get the glory out of it. And that's how you know that's God speaking to you. Because those three things will happen. If God's called you to do something, He, he will make it happen. Amen? Look with me now in verse number 8. He says, We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. I love how he's confident. Over and over and over, Paul says, I'm confident. Therefore, always confident, verse number six. Verse number eight, we are confident. Well, you can have confidence in the Lord. When God calls you, when God says something, he's going to do it. See, he's the same yesterday, he's the same today, and he's the same tomorrow, and he's the same forever. He never changes. Me and you change, but he never changes. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, draw nine to me, and I'll draw nine unto you. He's there. He's always there. And here Paul says, we are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Paul says, I know without a shadow of a doubt, when I die, I'm going to be with the Lord because God has told me in my heart. The Bible says that his spirit, spirit will bear witness with our spirit and you will have that confidence. And I've often said, if somebody can make you doubt your salvation, you need to get in God's word and find out. God, speak to me, because the Bible says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That's what the Bible says. Amen? It's between you and God. Nobody else can see your heart. Just you and God can. But Paul says here, I know we are confident, and that's how I feel too. We are confident, man, when I'm absent from the body, when my heart stops, when I die, when I take my last breath, my eyes will open up in glory and I'll forever be with the Lord and to be in the presence with the Lord. And I look forward to that day. I look forward to seeing those family members. I look forward to seeing my grandma who prayed for everybody in her family to be saved. And now my mom is passing on that legacy and she's doing that work and she wants everybody and the family to be saved and has a real burden for it. It's an amazing thing to me. And But I'm so thankful for the prayer warriors that they are. And let me just tell you, when you pray those prayers, God hears it and God doesn't forget it. Even after you're gone, even after you've gone to be with him, God doesn't forget those. And to be present with the Lord. Verse number nine, he says, wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. Yes, you don't have to do anything to be saved. But if you are saved and you're sold out for Jesus, I'm, you're going to do something for the Lord. Your faith is going to run down to your feet and you're going to get moving for the Lord. Like Paul said, for we run this race. Amen. And that's what he says. Wherefore we labor that I may be accepted of God now and later. When those rewards come and he says, well done thou good and faithful servant. We all look forward to that. And he, the Bible even says that we'll get crowns for it. 
But although we'll know that we're not worthy, and the Bible says that we'll take those crowns after he's told us, well done, now good and faithful servant, and we'll cast them at the Lord Jesus' feet because he is worthy and we are not. Hey, let's get busy laboring and working, Christian, so that we may be accepted of him, like the Bible says, whether we're here or there. Amen. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.